Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. to be in God's presence. I am. And while we were while we were worshiping, I just felt the need to address something. God spoke over this house about us being undefeated. And there have been a number of things that have happened recently among some of our body that I can tell there's a spirit at work trying to deceive people and make them feel defeated. And I want to speak encouragement to you today by the Holy Spirit. We take authority over the atmosphere. We take captive every thought and we speak peace to the storm. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling this place. We speak peace over our thoughts and our hearts, God. And we thank you, Lord, that it is because of you, Jesus, that you have empowered us to be more than conquerors. You have empowered us to be victorious. So we receive that today. And we thank you, Lord, that you shut the mouth of the accuser today. And we honor you, God, because it is you who saves us. It is you, Lord, who has given us freedom. And we receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe it. Well, I know this word is an on-time word. Um, Last Sunday, I was sitting on the front row, and God started downloading some things, and I'm like, supposed to be taking notes, but I was actually doing notes on things that God was speaking to me, because I knew the time was coming soon. And then Monday, he says, hey, um, do you think you want to speak on Sunday? And so I knew. I was like, thank you, Lord. You set me up. And... um, it's funny how things happen in the, in the spirit. Last night, I'm getting ready to study um, and prepare again for this morning, just kind of like a review, and I could not open the file for my sermon. And I'm saying, Lord, if you've ever had a feeling, have you guys ever had a feeling where you feel like, I prepared all this, and now where is it? And so I knew that God was wanting to speak something this morning. Thank God everything has been restored, and the word is ready for this day. So I hope that you are ready. Let's pray. God, we open our hearts and our minds, our spirit to what you're saying to us, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you, Father, for your fresh anointing in this place. And God, we remove ourselves out of the equation and allow you to flow freely through us, God, so that you can do a transformative work this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about it's time, right? It's time. And I want to start off by just saying that as humans, we're great at finding reasons to limit our capabilities, right? We use excuses as a justification or a pardon for our complacency. And in 2021, God had declared, as I said, that we are an undefeated people. And that was the word for the year, which I want to remind you, it's not limited to last year. That word is a word for us as a house, as a people, as, a children, as the children of God. And this year, God's word was, it's time. And so I know some of us are thinking, well, it's time. It's time. It's time for what? And 
I just want to say it's time for us to move boldly. It's time for us to walk forward in God's purposes for us. And, you know, sometimes there's these things that get in the way of us moving forward in our purpose. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to stop making excuses. It's time to stop making excuses. We all have them, don't we? And I just want us to ask ourselves the question, what is it that's stopping me from living my best life? I don't mean that as a motivational statement. I'm saying excuses can get in the way of us living our best life. And just to give a few examples, because we've heard, we've all heard some of these, right? I want to lose weight, but I just don't have the time really right now. I have such a busy schedule. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I work too hard. You know, there's always something. Or I want to read my Bible, but I just get so sleepy when I start. It's just hard for me to get through my whole devotion. God told me to start a business, but I don't think I have all my ducks in a row. I don't have the funding that I need or the things in order for me to do it. I need more money, right? God told me to get out of this relationship or to cut this relationship off, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. Or Did he really say that? We always find reasons. Here's some other ones. God, I, God told me that I needed to serve, but I don't think I have the bandwidth right now. He's got me doing too many other things. See how that doesn't make any sense? Or I know God called me to do this, but I don't think I'm very good at it. I know God told me to do something, but it's not perfected yet. That's for all the perfectionists. <laughs> we talk about getting rid of delay, right? But many times delay can be the result of excuses. Here's what we need to know is that excuses can change the trajectory of your life. Hear that. Excuses can change the trajectory of your life. I was helping Esperanza this past week with a project that she had, and we had to study Noah and all the events that led up to the flood and the construction of the ark and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, man, can you imagine all of humanity now, like God was displeased with them. He said, I've looked all over the earth. There's too much wickedness. There's violence that's filled the earth. The only righteous person is Noah. So everything hinged on this one person, the future of humanity. And he could have made excuses. I mean, we, we don't think about it. What if he said, it's too much work to get all this together. It's too much work. It's going to take too many years for me to build this boat. It's too much work to house all these animals. I mean, like if you think of it on that level, level we can make excuses. There's so many people that can make excuses. There's so many reasons, right, that we can find. And I think about when I look at the different people that God used in Scripture, in history, everybody that gave God an excuse ended up with a curse. Think back all the way to the beginning. What did Adam say? She did it. It was her. It was her fault. Right. He, and what did she say? It was his fault. And we know the curse that came from that. Think about Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? He was marked for life. Think about Moses when he struck the rock in disobedience instead of speaking to it like God said, because he was frustrated and he didn't make it into the promised land. That's the thing that marked where he said, you will not see the land that's been promised. And he was supposed to be the leader. Excuses can change the trajectory of your life. So 
They don't bring blessings. They, only obedience is what brings the blessing of God. And there are people that you can see that when they got past that they had such a powerful life, you know, but there was always a reason, right? Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Gideon said, my family isn't one to speak of. Moses said, I can't speak well, but God had chosen each and every one of them. God has chosen each and every one of us. We've got to put down our excuses. And it's easy for us to over-spiritualize excuses, right? We often make excuses when we're afraid of something and we hide it under the guise of something else. Sometimes we hide it under wisdom or caution or it's not the season or, you know, maybe next season. And there's really other things going on inside. So we have to do a heart check on it. And I've seen personally so much fear that has been battling even believers over the last few years. And I'm not just talking about COVID, like in general, different things that people have faced. It's been, why? Because fear is the opposite of faith. So of course the enemy is going to battle us with fear in different areas. And it can look like fear of failing. It can look like fear of commitment. It could look like fear of success. What if I'm really good at this and I'm not ready for it? What if you're afraid of being taken advantage of? I want to commit, but I don't know if I want to put myself out there like that. Sometimes we're afraid of taking the next step on something because we think we lack the resources. And I, I, I'm reminded about Abraham, how God commissioned him, right, to lay Isaac on the altar. So he goes up in faith to do this. He wasn't waiting for a ram in the bush, God provided the ram in the bush because he was obedient. So it's important for us in our walk not to wait to see something to say, okay, now I'm going to step out in obedience and make excuses along the way because that doesn't bring forth anything good. It's obedience. It's us moving. When God says move, then we move. We and it's not to say these thoughts won't be introduced, excuses won't be introduced, but what do you do when that's introduced? Okay, no, I know, I know that that's me stalling. I know that that's not a thought from the Lord. So then you lay it down. So we have to lean on him for everything, lean on him for provision, lean on him for faith, lean on him. That's the importance of our relationship with him. Another excuse that sometimes we tell ourselves is that we're unable to change. This is how I am. This is who I am. Or God has created me to be this way. I'm a strong personality. I know that God has told me that I'm supposed to share Christ with other people, but that's not my personality. I'm not as outgoing. Or that's more for the people that we laid hands on last week that God prayed for. That's for the pastor. No, that's a commission for everybody. We have to lay these things down, these excuses down that, that inhibit us from walking fully in what God has for us. When you limit your capability, you limit God's capability through you. When we begin to put limitations on, I can't do this, wait a minute. What does the scripture say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, he's given us all different strengths and areas of giftings, but when he's commissioned us to do this, if he says something to you, it's for you to do it. No delay. We can, I remember when I was, um, this is so long ago. I was transitioning from my other church before I came to this church, so my old church. And, um, you know, things had happened. I had gotten hurt, and 
I was learning how to trust leadership. I was learning how to lay myself down. So it was very much at the beginning of that process. And I remember coming to Hope, and for as long as I can remember, I sang, I served, I worshiped. And we're, I'm at church, and I'm sitting down, and I'm listening. And this was at the Golden Glades. Bishop, I'll never forget the sermon, and I still have the notes. He did the sermon on don't kick your donkey. And I know I've said that before. And the whole thing was on Balaam and how he was kicking the donkey saying, you need to go, you know. And, and it was so symbolic for me because I had gotten so hurt that I said, I'm not going to sing anymore. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to serve in that capacity. I'm just going to sit here. I need to receive. I need to heal. I need God to do a work in me first before I do anything else or commit to, to helping anybody, you know. And I was there in my mind. And that sermon changed everything for me. I just realized, you know, I, I don't have a right to this. Like, God gave me these gifts. My life is not my own. When we really realize that our lives are not our own, we can step forward in what God has for us. And there's nothing more fulfilling than being in your purpose, than being in the call of what God has called you to do. It can be so scary when you're stepping out, but when you step out, man, the feeling of just being in obedience and in the will of God will just bless you so much. And, you know, God has given us all these assignments that are unique to us. Not all our journeys are the same, but they're unique to who we are and to who, well, how he's designed us. And the truth is, man, when I heard, when God spoke to us in that room, we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, we both just had that God moment where it was like, it's time. Yes, it's time. And my spirit just leapt because for a while, even last year, I was like just feeling this bubbling. And I said, God, you know, there's so many people that are hungry for change, hungry for a move of the spirit on this earth. And the thing he kept reminding me of is it's time for God's people to rise. Not just in theory. It's not just a sounding good and saying, yeah, we need to rise. It's not just to get excited, but really to rise and cause a move on this earth. The world is looking for a move. It, it, they might not know it. They might not articulate it, but they're looking for a move. They're so hungry. They're searching for all kinds of weird things just for a move. And he took me to Romans 8, 12, 19. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Notice how many times children is mentioned in this. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. For the creation waits in eager, this is the part, this is the clincher, in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. 
The world is looking for a move. The world is looking for the children of God to stand up and be light in darkness, to be a demonstration of kingdom, of strength, of power, of healing, of miracles, signs, and wonders. If we could catch this, I want to ask you the question, what impact are you making in this world? My job is to ask hard questions. What impact are you making in this world? Because it's not enough to live a good and decent life, to stay out of trouble. It's important that we're actively working on building God's kingdom. And that looks different ways, but we have to be active in it. I was sitting right there last week, and he, Pastor Josh was sharing about running, running, running. And God will oftentimes will speak to me in visions, like he'll show me a picture and, I, and then begin to break it down from there. And so I began to see like a race. And it's important for us to know we are running a race and we need to run it well. And I was reminded of the scripture, Habakkuk, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner will carry the correct message to others. And so I want to give you an illustration today. So I need my helpers, Christian and Esperanza. They're going to come up. But I was reminded of relay races where they have the baton, right? And so I did a little bit of research on this. Thank you, thank you, my two helpers. I'm giving you a visual on this because it's really important that we catch this, okay? In this type of a race, there's a baton, and it has to be passed a very specific way. If it's dropped, sometimes, you know, I know that it's been commonly thought that you can be disqualified, which I think there has been disqualifications. But there's actually, in depending on the rules of which one you're doing, it can be a disqualification simply for the exchange being done in the wrong spot. So it's important that we know this. Okay, Christian, are you ready? Everybody keep your hands and feet inside the aisles, please. Um, he's going to be quick. Ready? Ready, set, go. These guys love to run. All right, Esperanza's getting ready. Tag, you're it. They're running super fast. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. You may have a seat. I'm going to explain to you what the Lord broke down for me with that. Because I said, God, what does this mean? So... The baton can only be passed within the exchange zone, which is 20 meters long. Exchange is made outside the zone based on the position of the baton, not the runner's feet. That's what results in disqualification. Passers must remain in their lanes after the pass to avoid blocking other runners. The baton must be carried by hand. I said, God, what does this mean? All right, here it is. The baton is your mission. The exchange zone is the place where you and God intersect. In your proximity to him is where he hands you your assignment. And then your lane is the place God has given you to implement and accomplish your assignment. It is unique to your gift set. And then we have to carry the baton in, your, in our hands because anywhere else doesn't qualify. That is your active baton. It is your active assignment. You can't lay it down. You don't let it fall to the ground. You can't put it in your pocket. You got to run with it. Now, let me tell you something. 
There's a lot of scripture that emphasizes the act of running as a living as living an active life in Christ. All right? There's so much that God says about complacency and we know that, but he says a lot about running, 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 running. And it's symbolic of activity. It's let me give you some examples, okay? Now, he, they're going to put the list of scriptures because I'm going to go through these fast. You can take a picture and read them, but I'm going to go quickly through them because it's a lot of them. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. 2 Timothy 4.7-8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That should be our end result, right? We're looking for the, for the prize. Okay, Galatians 5, 7 through 8. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Jeremiah 12, 5, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race with horses? Psalms 119, 32, I run in the path of your commands for you have broadened my understanding. Okay, so before I read our last scripture, there, it's, it's so important. Running is symbolic of being active, of not sitting, not waiting, not being dormant, but moving, moving, moving. So as we begin to come to a close, I want to read 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. And this is for us today. I want you to hear it with fresh ears. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You know what I think is so beautiful? The relationship that we have with God, it's like you're in only, it's the only relationship where you're really the only child. That It's amazing that God can do that. He can have us all as his children but he gives us the care and attention of one. Okay, so verse 26. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, which means I bring my flesh into submission. Make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. How important it is it for us to recognize that we are running in a race where we don't have time to lay down and say, I, you know, that's for another season, that's for another time. When God speaks, we got to move. When God says go, we need to go. When God says it's time, which it's time, we say, it's time, God, I'm ready. Sometimes we wait for the next confirmation or we wait for this. Or, and yet, I'm not saying confirmations are bad, but a lot of times we put excuses in the way. It's in, we use it as an excuse. So here's what I want to say. It's time to run. Say that with me. It's time to run. It's time to stop excuses. No more excuses. It's time to run. 
Now, stand with me. We're going to do some declarations. All right? I want you to say this with me. I won't hold back any longer. I surrender my thoughts, my desires, my emotions, my heart, and my body to the living God. I'm not looking at my past. I'm not defined by my failures. I'm not defined by what others have said about me or anything that has been done to me. I will not put limitations on God, on myself, or what I can do. I acknowledge what God is doing now. I will not back down. I will not sit on the sidelines. I'm done with excuses. It's time for God to activate me. It's time for me to move forward in God's purpose for me. Say that again. It's time for me to move forward in God's purpose for me. It's time. It's time. It's time. Say, I accept the the call. I accept the mission. I accept the activation. And I will move forward in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's lift him up. We lift you up, almighty God. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness over our lives, God. We say that you are faithful, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us. You've called us by name. You have made us your children. You've called us your people, God. And Lord, today we answer yes to your call. And we thank you, Lord, for your activation and your power. We will guard it and we will take care of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this message, make sure to like and share. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, share hope with someone today.